This is the Courtside Connect, your go-to podcast for all things Kentucky basketball and Kentucky basketball's quickest game review podcast. I am your host, a very lonely Matt Sack. Today, I am not being joined by my co-host, Scott. He's feeling a little bit under the weather, that, and it's also Easter Sunday. But we've had a very hectic weekend in Lexington, um, especially just the whole week. There's been a ton of news that has came out, so... I want to make sure that I'm getting all the information out for you guys, for the fans of the Courtside Connect. Despite this little, I I guess you could call it just hiccup that is in our way, I want to make sure that all the information is still out there for y'all. So that's what I'm here to do today. We're going to give a quick rundown of everything that's happened this week, um, from Timmy time to the two very important people that we had on campus for visits this week and just the overall trajectory of the roster what it's supposed to look like where we're at right now last year we had 13 players on scholarship that includes Shaden Sharp um just running through the whole roster we'll we'll just say where everyone is at right now Davion Mintz Kellen Grady you group them together number one and two of the 13 they're gone they're out of eligibility um haven't heard what they're going to do. I'm guessing they're going to put their names into the NBA draft and probably won't get drafted and then try to get a summer league gig. I'm guessing that's what they're going to be doing, but I haven't got too much information on that. Um, in the transferring column, we have Bryce Hopkins, who I don't know if he's put out a list of schools yet. I expect something back in like Illinois, maybe a DePaul, a U of I. U of L has been rumored. I just really don't see it personally. Um, Dante Allen. He has officially committed to Western Kentucky University. I think that's a great fit for him. He'll immediately be able to go in and get playing time. They're a very improving mid-major. Their second leading scorer is graduating. He's out of eligibility. So he has room to come in and be like a secondary wing scorer. Um, Jamarian Sharp is a really interesting player over there. So maybe WKU might might have some fun games to watch with. Dante Allen and a couple other talented pieces they have over there. But those are four guys that are going to be gone. A fifth is Ty Ty Washington. He has entered the NBA draft. Um, I'm pretty sure he's hired an agent. Even if he hadn't, he's gone. He's going to be a borderline lottery pick depending on if in these workouts he can prove that he is the Ty Ty Washington of pre-injury and not the one that we saw towards the end of the season when he was fighting through those injuries. Also in the NBA draft, testing waters we have Oscar Shibway of course um I don't think he's really put out an official like message or anything but I think it was after like the wooden award he said he was going to test the waters again, I don't know if he's officially done it or not yet but again whether it's already happened and they've just been kind of quiet about it or it's going to happen we can expect Oscar Shibway he's going to test the water he's the national player of the year everyone's doing it. I mean, everyone's testing the waters. There's no reason Oscar shouldn't, but I don't think there's any reason to panic. Um, all the information that's been coming out is that Oscar Shibway is going to be back in Lexington. They figured out the NIL stuff. So that is great news. We'll talk more of that later, of course. Um, also testing the waters, we have Jacob Toppin. Put him in that same category as 
Oscar Shiboy is. He's testing the waters just to test the waters. He's not going to go pro this year. He's not projected up anywhere, but it just makes the most sense. Again, everyone is doing it. Just put in your name. Jacob Toppin, I see him as a two-year trajectory, um, I guess, from the start of this season. So another year trajectory of getting to the NBA. He's taken huge steps all three of his years to college. So now, if you go to the NBA draft workouts, figure out exactly what you need to work on, come back, work on those things for one more year, and then go pro with all of your size, athleticism, and potential that you've been showing. If you show NBA scouts that you can do the few things that they're looking for, I could definitely see Jacob Toppin going in the draft. Keon Brooks um, also testing the waters. I'm not as optimistic that he is going to come back. I just really feel for the kid. He has had a rough go in Lexington. I mean, his freshman year, he... Went through his freshman struggles, as everyone does, and he's finally starting to click, and you have a team that's looking like they're going to make a Final Four run, and then all of a sudden, the season comes to end with COVID. Then you go into the next season where you're the only returning player that played a single minute. Like, Dante Allen technically was on the team redshirting, but no one had been on the court for Kentucky that returned with him. Juzang transferred. Um... At like Hagens, Montgomery, Quickly, Richards, they all went in the draft. Um, who else did we have? Khalil Whitney, he entered the draft early, halfway through the season. So no one was coming back with poor Keon. So he had to take on the responsibility in a year of COVID to lead a team of like six freshmen and a few transfers and a team that just clearly did not mesh from the start. And it was just a nightmare season for him. Once again, he didn't get a chance to make a tournament run. He unfortunately suffered through two of his teammates passing away that season, um, one during the season and, of course, one after. Just incredibly feel for the kid. And then this year, he comes back. He's supposed to make a breakout year, um, and he showed a lot of potential. But again, he also faced a lot of backlash from our fans. Just because just he's a role player, he, he didn't do... He didn't make as big of a jump as some people wanted to him. People claimed that he was too inconsistent, and it's just been rough for him. So honestly, if Keon Brooks, even if he's not an NBA talent, um, if he wanted to stay in the draft and try to try to go G League or go overseas just to play professional basketball just because he wants to move on from college, or if he wants to transfer and go closer to home like in Indiana or another Indiana school, I mean... I wouldn't blame him. I really feel for the kid. It's He's had a rough go in Lexington. If he wants to move on, I think he ultimately will. I fully support him, and I, I think that is a mutually good situation for both Keon and Kentucky. I think Kentucky has a guy like Jacob Toppin or Chris Livingston that has a lot more potential to play the power forward, and I think it might just be best for Keon Brooks if he took the next step in his career and, again, went, went to a school closer to home or try to play professional, whether whatever level of professional it is. I think that's what Keon Brooks does. The last player testing the waters is, of course, Shaden Sharp. I mean, I refuse to comment on his situation because everyone seems to be saying he's gone, except for him and his camp, who keeps saying that he's going to come back. Like, that, that was the plan all along. They say they're going to test the waters. That news came out earlier this week. But again, everyone's doing it. Why would a top 10 projected pick not test the waters if you think he's going to be gone then that's fine you think he's going to be gone if you think he's coming back and you're going to take him and his camp for his word then he's going to be coming back I don't know if our staff is planning for him to come back or not but I know we're going to do everything we can 
to make sure that he can be back. I, I know we want him to be an instrumental part. So honestly, we just have to wait for the situation to play out. I still have not seen anything official saying that he can go to the NBA draft. What he is ultimately trying to do, so he was in high school, I believe, for four years, or maybe he just had enough um, enough like credits to be able to graduate earlier, and then he returned for a fall semester, and that's when, after that fall semester, he said, I can't even play in high school, I might as well go to Kentucky, and then he transfers to Kentucky for the spring semester, he enrolls early. So the draft rules are that you must be one full year removed from high school before entering the NBA draft. He is not that. His whole claim is that because he could have exited high school because he had enough credits, he he could have graduated. Um, because he could have, that's going to be his claim. But he still needs an exception for that. And he's kind of running out of time. Like, he, he still has not made an official announcement that he's going into the NBA draft. I don't even know if he started his paperwork yet for that. And he's really running out of time. So, again, I'm not trying to give anyone false optimism and saying he's back. I'm just saying the situation is so weird. Everyone's saying he's gone, but everything that he's doing suggests that he's not. He's still on campus. He still hasn't enrolled in the NBA draft. He still hasn't gotten anything saying he is 100% eligible. He still hasn't gotten that exception, that waiver, whatever he needs. So, it's just a very confusing situation. But now we are, I think that's nine of the 13 guys that we covered that are either graduating, transferring, or in the draft, whether they're just testing the waters or staying in the draft. Next is returning Damian Collins. He had it like out a day or two after the season ended that he's coming back officially huge as a former five-star prospect. We knew he wasn't going to be a one-year guy. There are lots of rumors that he might transfer after the first year just because, you know, you you see five-star guys not get playing time and then they don't want to come back. Like, like the Bryce Hopkins situation. Damian Collins, he stuck through it, so a lot of credit to him. I don't know if he's going to get a lot of playing time this year, especially if Oscar comes back, unless he plays more of the four. But still, that's a guy that I want on my roster off of pure potential. Um, yesterday, it was announced officially. We kind of all assumed it. There was really no other option for him, but C.J. Frederick is going to return. Jack Pilgrim of KSR also announced that he has two years of eligibility left, and he plans on using them both. I was talking with Jack, actually, and I think we came up with he also can potentially have a third year of eligibility left. I'm not sure if he would come back for that third year, but he would need to apply for a medical redshirt for this past year to get that third year. But to have a guy like C.J. Frederick, who's the best catch-and-shoot three-point shooter in the country, career 46 or 46.6, something like that, 46.4, um, percent three-point shooter, absolute elite shooter. To have him locked up in Lexington for the next two, maybe three years is wonderful. So that leaves two guys, um, Lance Ware and Xavier Wheeler, who have not announced if they're returning, have not announced that they're transferring, have not announced that they're owning the draft and testing the waters. They're just completely unannounced right now. And I, I think that's kind of weird, but I also feel like they are two guys that depending on what happens in these upcoming days, might or might not have a spot in our rotation, or at least maybe not the spot in our rotation that they want. Saver Wheeler, um, I, I think he would be a great guy to come off the bench in a sixth-man role if you have Cason Wallace and two other really good like transfer guards. 
But maybe he doesn't want that. So maybe he's saying, all right, do we have two other really good transfer guards or do we have just one? Do we have a transfer and Shaden Sharp come in with Case and Wallace as well? That might crowd the backcourt up and he might not want that sixth man role. So I think he's waiting to see what we do in the portal, who enters the portal, who does Kentucky wind up getting before he ultimately makes his decision. I think you could say the same thing with Lance Ware. If Oscar Shibway officially comes back and Damian Collins is returning, we're also reaching out to Joni Broom. I don't think he comes to Kentucky, but those are a lot of potential names that can end up in Lexington and just not give him a lot of time to play. He did it two years so far. Now you're a junior. You're an upperclassman. You, you can only play college basketball for so long. I mean, I don't know if he's a professional like NBA-level player, so your time to play competitive basketball has a short window. Does Lance Ware want to spend a third year of that really tight um, competitive basketball window playing a few minutes every other game when Oscar Shibuya gets in foul trouble? Especially with Damian Collins improving, he, he might even see even less minutes than last year. So I wouldn't be surprised if Lance Ware dipped. Um, but I, I personally still think he's coming back. But I think that's why, as of now, it's unannounced what he is doing. I just think he wants to see what the roster looks like and potentially see what his role is. And maybe he'll be a late um, addition to the transfer portal end of April, early, middle May, maybe. Um, so th- those are all 13 of our guys incoming. Of course, we have Cason Walls and Chris Livingston. If you've been watching them at the Jordan Classic or the McDonald's, McDonald's All-American game, you know these guys are legit. I know I know those are kind of all-star games, but the McDonald's All-American game, these guys were playing hard. Um, there were defense on both ends. So, I mean, you could kind of have really good takeaways from those games. Like, Chris Livingston was locking up Nick Smith. He, I think, blocked one of his shots. Um, he, he, like, forced him to pick up a dribble and then forced him to cause a turnover. And, like two minutes apart. I mean, he was locked down Nick Smith, and Nick Smith is probably the best perimeter offensive player in this upcoming recruit class. He might be the best player, period, in this upcoming recruiting class. Um, and he was just locking him down. Cason Wallace, we obviously know what he can do. Score on three levels. Um, absolute, maybe the toughest guy in this recruiting class. He might be the best defender in this recruiting class. I mean, the defense of Cason Wallace and Chris Livingston coming in, and just their overall athleticism and toughness, that, that's something that we really didn't have last year. Last year, our offense was really good, but, I mean, our guards weren't super physical and elite defenders. Like, Kellen Grady, elite three-point shooter. Ty Ty Washington, really good scorer in the pick and roll. Saver Wheeler, one of the best assist men in the nation. They weren't tough and as good as defense, defenders or even just pure athletes like Cason Wallace and Chris Livingston are. So, I'm interested to see what we are able to do with them. But, that leaves four guys... On April 17th, as I'm recording this, that's Damian Collins, C.J. Frederick, Cason Wallace, and Chris Livingston, four guys that are officially on our roster as of April 17th. We know we like to have at least 10, 11, maybe 12. Um, I mean, ultimately, we cut a rotation to eight. But what, why do we only have four guys, and we're going to have a roster of at least 10 on April 17th? Obviously, there's a lot of things that still need to happen, um, but... The decisions are not the decisions are going to take some time. And that's for the reason that I'm gonna say right now, or at least that I'm gonna predict why these decisions are taking so long. Last year it seems like we went out and got Kellen Grady right away. We I don't remember when CJ Frederick initially uh, officially committed, but we knew we were getting CJ Frederick. 
you know. Um, we thought we had Nolan Hickman, and as soon as Nolan Hickman decommitted, then we went and got Sabir Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington right away. So why aren't we going out and getting our guys right away? I think Kentucky wants to put out – they're going to go all in on the guys that they want, and they're going to exhaust all options before moving forward. And here, here are the guys that they want. I think this is their – Five to six man, like like starting lineup and sixth man, this is who it's going to consist of. Cason Wallace at the point guard, Shaden Sharp at the two, either like Chris Livingston or Antonio Reeves at the three, Leonard Miller, the freshman that was on campus this weekend, at the four, or you could honestly switch Livingston and Leonard Miller at the three and four. They're pretty interchangeable. Um, both could be a stretch four, both could be a, a three with good size and spacing and athleticism, all that. And Oscar Shibway at the five, and then either Livingston or um, Leonard Miller or Antonio Reeves coming off the bench. Like they're going to have one um, of that. Those are the six that they want. Starting five, and one of those guys coming off the bench is a six man. That is the lineup that they want. And we're going to exhaust everything we can to get those guys. Antonio Reeves, he was on campus and at Keeneland this weekend. I think he's a lock. I've heard DePaul was looking really good um, as a potential option, but I think when it comes between DePaul and Kentucky, Kentucky has to beat them out, especially when it comes to these visits. You show them our facilities. You you take them to Keeneland. You show them how much attention they got. Um, you, you bring in an Antigua, a Chin Coleman, a Jay Lucas, um, a John Calipari, just those names you should be able to beat out DePaul for this recruitment. So I think Antonio Reeves is a cat. The tough one is Leonard Miller, who was such a um, G League professional route lean coming into his visit. And now instead of just trying to, it wasn't a level field. I feel like coming into the visit with Antonio Reeves, it was DePaul and Kentucky kind of level, maybe even a Kentucky lean. And then I think Kentucky had to seal the deal. This one, now you're trying to overcome the deficit with the G League. Um, and that's really tough to do, especially with Leonard Miller's game. He's a really raw, um, he has lots of raw potential. Not as raw as a lot of people are saying, but he, his skill is really raw. So how do you pass up the G League where maybe he can work on his game? He doesn't have to worry about winning, you know, because G League is not about winning, it's about developing. Kentucky, you have to worry about winning in immediate production. And if you're not playing good, you're going to the bench. So I'm, I'm hoping Kentucky was able to sell him. I honestly think they did. Um, I haven't heard anything. There, there's nothing been leaking or rumored yet, at least not when I'm recording this. But honestly, I think we got him done. So now that leaves the only other piece that we're waiting on, or the pieces that we're waiting on, is Oscar Shibway and Shane Sharp. Oscar Shibway is back. I've, I went over the Shane Sharp situation. Everyone is saying he's gone from the national level Um I'm hearing mixed reports on the local guys, especially depending on who you listen to. Like Kyle Tucker, still hinting on Twitter, all right, it looks like Shane might be back. Like, is campus saying this? It's just a really interesting situation, but I, I still firmly believe that we're in the mix for Shane Sharp. Um, so that's really the last piece that has to fall. So now if we get Jacob Toppin, like I've talked back, you have C.J. Frederick and Damian Collins coming back. That gives you an eight-man rotation of, again, Cason Wallace at the point, Shane Sharp at the two, Chris Livingston at the three, Leonard Miller at the four, Oscar Shiboy at the five, Antonio Reeves off the bench, C.J. Frederick off the bench. 
um, Jacob Toppin off the bench and Damian Collins off the bench. That's a nine-man rotation. That's really deep. So now that's what I'm starting to talk about. Would Salveer Wheeler be willing to come in, be the eighth, the ninth guy on a 10-man rotation, maybe the seventh guy, and be willing to take less minutes, would be a spark plug off the bench, run the second unit. When Cason Wallace might go through some of his freshman struggles, are you willing to help develop him? That's what I'm not sure if Kate, or if uh, Salvier Wheeler wants to do that or not. So maybe if we get all those guys, we get Kaysen, we we get the we get Leonard Miller, we get Shane Sharp to return, we get Antonio Reeves to commit. I could see Salvier Wheeler moving on, but I mean, what I'm saying is we're already nine deep if we get all of those guys. So Kentucky is not going to get commitments from anyone else until we find out those decisions. If Shaden Sharp decides to go pro, then I could see us look at, all right, um, let, let's take a look at Terrence Shannon. Let's take a look at Adam Miller. Um, you, you know, if Oscar Shibwe decides to go pro which, and surprises everyone, all right, now let's start looking at Joni Broom. Let's try to get his commitment. Right now, it seems like we're putting our name out with a lot of recruits, but we're not getting any commitments because we're not going to push for them until Oscar Sheboy makes his decision, until Shaden Sharp makes his decision, until who, whoever, until Leonard Miller commits, until Antonio Reeves makes his commitment. So one, once those guys decide what they're going to do, once Kentucky goes after their like A-tier want players, then I think that is when we might start seeing some dominoes fall. Um but obviously, if we get those guys, then there aren't more dominoes to fall. We just get those guys, and that's our roster. And that's a really good roster. I mean, again, you have Cason Wallace and Shaden Sharp. Um, you have Chris Livingston, and you have Leonard Miller, and you have Oscar Shibwe. If that's your starting five, that is four top 10 to 15 freshmen, including the number one freshman in Shaden Sharp. But you have four top 15 freshmen all centered around the returning national player of the year. So you have the most talented guys, guys that have the highest chance of going lottery next year, centered around the national player of the year from the year before returning. That is an elite roster. And I think that's why Kentucky is exhausting everything they can to do that. So then if, let, let's say Shane Sharp leaves. Again, maybe you move Kaysen Wallace to the two and you bring back Savir Wheeler. And then Savir Wheeler makes his decision and that domino falls. What if um, Shane Sharp leaves? Maybe you still start Kaysen Wallace, but then you move up Antonio Reeves. So if Savir Wheeler isn't willing to come off the bench, then you have to find another guard that is. Maybe then we start going all in on Adam Miller. Or if Shaden Sharp leaves, maybe maybe then we start going all in on Terrence Shannon. Because I don't think we have gone all in on Terrence Shannon and Adam Miller yet. But I think they're guys that could potentially want Kentucky. Um, the Terrence Shannon situation, he was a Kentucky or he was um, an Illinois lock, and then it seems like Michigan is also a really heavy favorite. But the problem with that is just the transfer credit rule. You need in order to transfer into the Big Ten or just even anywhere. Um, within the Big Ten, you need 60 credits, 60 college credits as a junior, which he is. Um, 
so it, it seems like he doesn't have those numbers. The SEC numbers are much lower. I think it's only 45 that he would be able to clear for. I've heard North Carolina is a possibility. But I honestly think Kentucky could get him if they put on the full court press, which they haven't done yet, for the reasons I explained. They have they have their their wants. They have their gets. I mean, if you can get an Antonio Reeves, you take him. He's a take. If you have um, Leonard Miller that wants to come here, he's a take. You're going to get your takes first, and then you're going to work out and see who else enters the portal. Um, so I think that's just what the holdup with the roster is right now. Um, a lot of things, the first few dominoes need to fall before things start happening. So I see a lot of people are like, why Why is Wheeler and Ware not announcing? What's going on with Terrence Shannon? Is Kentucky even pursuing him that hard? Is Kentucky even pursuing Adam Miller that hard? Why do we only have four guys on our roster? That's why. Because there's big dominoes. Oscar Shibwe, Shaden Sharp, Leonard Miller, Antonio Reeves. All those dominoes need to fall first before anything else is going to happen. And then everything else is going to piece around it. Um, so, I mean, that that's what I'm hoping our roster is. So, again, if, if Sharp leaves, then I would start looking more into Taron Shanner, Adam Miller, or maybe a separate name will enter the draft um, or, or enter the transfer portal. Um, who, who's the Detroit Mercy guard? I'm blanking on his name right now. I, I, Antoine Davis. I can see us maybe pursuing him a little bit harder just to get some like pure shooting and shot making on our team to rep, not replace a Shaden Sharp, but replicate some of his what if some of his production would be. Um, so again, that's all the holdup I think as of right now. One last thing that we are going to talk about before I get out of here. It is Timmy time and. Not, not that I think that Drew Timmy is going to be a cat. Not that I think that this wasn't done to, to have some fun, you know. But this, I can tell you from the information I'm getting, Timmy time is not a complete troll. It's not a complete joke. There is some backing behind it. And here is the full story. At the Wooden Awards, Oscar Shibwe and Drew Timmy became really good friends. Drew Timmy is also learning that he is falling to the bottom, if not off, of mock drafts and draft boards. Gonzaga is getting fleeced. Andrew Nemhard is graduating. Chet Holmgren is leaving. They're losing a lot of their key pieces, and they're not going to be as good next year. And also, Spokane just isn't that amazing of a place to live, believe it or not. It doesn't seem like Drew Timmy wants to go back to... Spokane to play at Gonzaga, especially if you read his draft message. He did hire um, an NCAA-approved agent, but if you read that letter, it really sounds like a goodbye to Gonzaga. Now, of course, him and Oscar Shibuya become friends. It doesn't look like he's going to be going pro. I'm not saying that he is going to withdraw from the draft. I think he honestly will still stay in the draft. I'm not saying he's going to withdraw from the draft. I'm not saying he's going to enter the transfer portal, and I'm not saying that he's going to come to Kentucky to play with his new best friend, Oscar Shibway. But the HOH, who started the whole Timmy Time thing, got word, we got scoop of this situation unfolding. And the thing with recruits, you know, like if there's a top recruit, let's say like Leonard Miller, he's coming down to his making decisions. John Calipari, Orlando Antigua, whoever, they could reach out and say, hey, Leonard Miller, we'd love to have you at Kentucky. You can't do that with a guy that isn't in the transfer portal. 
if Drew Timmy is not in the transfer portal and he's just going through the NBA draft process and technically he's still on Gonzaga's roster, you can't say, hey, come play with come play with Oscar, come play for Kentucky. Oscar can't recruit him. That's tampering. That'll cause problems where he's not able to play at Kentucky. But the fans can. There's nothing wrong with a bunch of crazy-ass Kentucky fans just saying, hey, Drew Timmy, we'd love for you to be in Lexington. So that's all we are doing. It is a shot in the dark. I mean, again, it is very unlikely that's going to happen. But Kentucky fans, what we are attempting to do is just put the idea in Drew Timmy's head that if he isn't liking what's going on, with the NBA draft, his draft status, and all of that, if he doesn't want to go back to Gonzaga, Kentucky would love to have him, and we know that he would look really good next to Oscar Shibwe. That is where Timmy time came from. That's all the information. This isn't a big joke. This isn't a big troll. Um, we just got little tidbits of information of saying, here's what Drew Timmy's situation is. It Obviously, Kentucky can't do anything. We don't even know if... Kentucky wants Drew Timmy. Obviously, any roster would love to have Drew Timmy. I don't even know if Cal would would even consider that. Um, But just putting the idea out there for Drew Timmy to maybe consider, hey, maybe I would play Oscar Sheboy. I mean, if if or maybe I will play with Oscar Sheboy. If that happens, this is the greatest thing to have ever happened of all time, and that there's not a close second. If if a bunch of fans were able to convince Drew Timmy to enter his name in the transfer portal and come to Kentucky because we convinced him over a Twitter rampage, that is amazing. Again, it's very unlikely it happens, but again, this wasn't a complete joke. We we are just doing it very lightheartedly, of course. Um, we are doing it for fun. We did have a lot of fun with it, but that is the hashtag Timmy Time situation in its fullest that is all i got for you guys today hopefully we are finding news soon of antonio reeves committing to kentucky or maybe some crystal balls coming in for leonard miller i think he's still maybe a week or so away from his decision but it would be nice to hear that maybe he's silently committed on his visit or maybe he's working on some nil deals with kentucky um where we start getting some crystal balls um for Leonard Miller to Kentucky. That would be really great. But with that being said, that's all I had to talk about today. Thank you all for listening so much. Happy Easter. And as always, go Cats. Just need